Hey. Hi, Veronica. Dave. No, it's Dan. Oh, Dan. Dan. <laughs> Starts with a D. It's okay. <laughs> you guys are already, wow, punctual. Sorry I'm late. Yeah, geez. Well, I... two, minute, two minutes. I think you can be forgiven. <laughs> are you all cool. set, Veronica? I'm all set. Cool. Well, without further ado, uh, five. Four. Three. Two. And one. God, the NHL season being uh, postponed. Okay. On pause. On pause. On pause. <laughs> uh, just, uh, but things are going on uh, as they are. Um, everyone, uh, we all hope that you're uh, practicing uh, responsible social distancing, uh, being mindful of the information that's out there, and just uh, keeping safe and keeping healthy. You know, wash your hands, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, David Oje. I'm at MetalDave01 on Twitter.com. And I'm joined, as always, by Veronica. Yeah, I am at C-H-I-L-E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And we are the Happy Hour at Happy Hour on Twitter.com. Uh, Beth is not with us uh, this evening because she has some stuff that she has to take care of. She is fine, but just... Um, Things are going on, and uh, she wanted to take a night, so we let her. In Beth's place, <laughs> though, we have ourselves uh, one of the play-by-play voices for the Montreal Canadiens on TSN 690 radio, and sometimes on uh, the also the video broadcast. Sports? Yeah, the, yep. That that's the one. Sportsnet, right? That's it. I no, think. TSN. That's no. That's yes. even better. No. <laughs> God damn it. We did, oh, we did okay. all of our research oh. beforehand. It was for naught. <laughs> we have Dan Robertson on the line. Mr. Robertson, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm uh, hunkered down in my brother's basement in my hometown of Trenton, Nova Scotia. So all is, all is strange, but all is well. All is strange, but all is well. That's the yeah. perfect way to put it. What a... What a time. I mean, sure, we, we are a sports uh, podcast, but uh, my Lord, what what is there to uh, to talk about when it comes to, to the Habs, and uh, if not to the Habs, and to hockey in general? So that's why, you know, uh, we asked uh, you, Dan, to come on and uh, give us a bit of the, the temperature uh, or the temperament of the room, as it is uh, from your perspective. Um, I guess I'll just dive right into it then. So being a, a broadcaster, Dan, uh, how does this uh, whole situation affect you and others that, you know, you know and do the work that you do? Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's really not a lot different uh, than, say, last year for me. I mean, I think the team played 71 games so far, and they were going to play 82, and that would be it, right? The season would be over. I don't think anybody was under the illusions they were going to make the playoffs. And when that happens, I'm finished for the year. Uh, save for a couple of assignments. I mean, I did the uh, the F1. I reported from that last year. And a couple of red updates a couple of times, uh, just sort of as a, I won't say as a favor to my boss, but just to help out a little bit. But that's usually been the way when I finish the season and I come back to Nova Scotia. So it's, it's kind of the same thing for me, really. Uh, I'm lucky that way. Uh, the same thing for me, it's just, uh, the off season started earlier, and I know we, we've heard, you know, rumors of well, maybe there'll be uh, everybody will get a chance at the playoffs, or there's different scenarios floating around out there. I'm not counting on anything like that. As far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm finished until the next season starts, whenever that's going to be. Right, and actually, mm-hmm. I um I was uh on a on a chat with a few people, and one of them actually had a question. Since I said, hey guys, I'm going to have a you know Dan Robertson on, and one of the que- and I asked him if they had any questions for you. And one of the questions were, you know, in your uh, in your opinion, what will uh, the COVID nineteen uh, effect have on next season? Judging by how things are going now. Yeah, it's. I don't even want to venture a guess, and that's not to, mm. to beg off the question. It's just such a. Uh, whenever I see anyone say, "Well, there could be playoffs in the summer," and there could be anything, right? I mean, that's. It, but the longer it goes, the longer it looks like 
any any gameplay there will be, it's it's really getting pushed uh, further and further down the road. So I don't know. I mean, I know that uh, not long ago, Pierre Lebrun came out and said that the NHL is adamant on playing an 82 game season next year. They don't want to lose any revenue, and that's I mean that's looking uh, toward next year. So I, I guess that's the only thing that that's in my head right now, and I don't know when that when that will start. Obviously, it depends on a lot of things. It's just such a that's the thing, not just with sports, but with everything. And not to get too deep or too much into the topic, but it's just that it's it's a new landscape. So uh, I, I take a lot of things with a grain of salt when I hear not just with sports, but uh, with with anything, you know, when people say, well, this will happen with the economy or that will happen. Well, mm-hmm. we don't really know. I mean, there's educated guesses. And uh, I suppose I'm not educated enough to make a guess. I'm just I'm trying to just follow the rules uh, <laughs> that everybody should be following and, and listening to the experts as far as just staying healthy goes. But I'm not even really thinking much about sports because, I mean, yeah, when, when life is normal, it's a big part of our lives. But I'm just thinking now. It doesn't matter. Uh, and I guess on the flip side, when it comes back, it's going to be a big celebration, I think. People will really, I think, appreciate hockey and every other sport and, and everything, hopefully, concerts and everything that we maybe not took for granted, but uh, all those great things in life that we can enjoy right now. So that's uh, something that I'm looking forward to. I just don't know when it's going to happen. Right. I remember I, w- I was tweeting kind of glibly, I think, Veronica, you, you caught on on this one uh, yeah. a, a week ago when I said, man, when this is all over, the party is going to be a disaster. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah. good for bars and whatnot. But, yeah, it just, yeah. Uh, just oh, my gosh, when when's it going to happen? And, I mean, it might be a bit of a long haul, unfortunately. But we'll see. It might be for sure. But, yeah, I mean, all you can do is is – I suppose, you know, we all have friends and I don't know, either of you folks might be this way that are, that are anxious and have a lot of anxiety. And, you know, I'll get texts from people who will say, well, this is terrible. (laughs) Not quite the world's going to end, but that, you know, leaning towards that kind of scenario. And I think uh, all I can do and and try to talk to my kids about it too, is just kind of keep a a stiff upper lip and and move forward and see what comes, uh, comes out the other end a good approach this it's just um we <laughs> we in particular d- don't have the answers for what is happening right now so just trying to mm-hmm. um you know like with my son uh last weekend we went to the Costco, and it Uh-oh. wasn't yeah no <laughs> we made it out alive um yeah. <laughs> they they were steering us in it, it was kind of like a normal sunday um uh other than when we walked through the front doors, we were sort of steered directly to where the toilet paper was. <laughs> so it, that was kind of bizarre. And they, they were handing out toilet paper from this big pile. But um, other than that, like w- while we were there, there was a, a, um, a pot of plants, a potted, potted plants. And I told him, hey, let's get this because we don't need it. I don't I just don't want to act like we're here exclusively sort of survival (laughs) shopping, you know, trying to trying to make it some, you know, something like trying to put a little bit of normalcy back into it. And and of course, um, you know, it's 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 been tough for my daughter who is graduating high school this year and school is over and she might not have her grad, which she's been looking forward to, you know, for a long time and oh so God, it's just it's yeah yeah oh that's yeah. such a shot in the gut that's yeah bad. and those are all the things too that you i mean that you you wouldn't forget about it my kids have graduated and i i don't really think about it but i mean i and and on a sports landscape i guess similarly there's there's players who are playing out their last years of junior or midget yeah yeah peewee and and you know, you get excited about maybe a year in tournament or a year in playoffs, and and all of a sudden it's gone. It's just so weird, and I, you know, certainly sympathize um, with, with anybody's kids who won't get to go through a graduation ceremony. Yeah, and, and it's just—I mean, the list is endless, right, of, of those things that um, that are just sort of swept under the rug right now while we try to get back to normalcy. And and I, you know, just looking on, on Twitter, um, talking about—I think they just. 
today. It was at the CHL overall. It's not uh, said that there's no yeah. Memorial Cup, and I guess which we all knew was coming. But mm-hmm. uh, it's when I when I look at it, not to get too far off topic here, but through the prism of junior hockey, uh, that's as far as a lot of those guys will go, competitively speaking. And mm-hmm. you know, you, some of those guys will play. Not many. There's not many five-year players, but there's a lot of four-year kids and three-year kids, and and it's it, it, they get just so invested in the in the team and in the city and and with their teammates, and then it's all gone. And not, I mean, I'm just saying hockey. There's so many other things that that it applies to. So it's uh, you you feel for people in that situation. It's just such a weird time that way. Yeah, certainly so. Yes, mm-hmm. and we also ventured out yesterday too. Uh, for the first time in days, like out, out, you know, into the, <laughs> with other mm-hmm. humans. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like living in a movie right now um, at the pharmacy, like at the shopper's drug mart, there was a, there's a plexiglass there at the cashier now. Right. And you're doing everything through the little window, like a bank teller. Oh, yeah. but well, I mean, it's, here. Sorry, I was just going to say, you might be able to hear I'm drinking a beer right now. I'll let the whole world know. I don't care. So I went to get a couple today, and I, I bought four cans, and that's it. And uh, But they have, they had it. It's just so weird. It, it, we were lined up outside, and it was, you know, six feet behind uh, the person in front of you, and they let you in one by one. And then they had um, sort of heavy plastic hanging over uh, the till or around, yeah. the, around the cash. and. You know, it, it's just uh, I thought, okay, he's going to hand me a, a tube that I have to put my put my money in. Yeah. But then I thought, no, we're not changing hand, changing uh, um, dollar bills anymore, or twos, or I don't know, dollar bills, yeah. but bills, I mean. So it's just, yeah. yeah, they had it all all rigged out that way. And, and our, our premier here in Nova Scotia, somebody asked him, "Will you close the liquor stores?" And he said, "No, because people will die." And I thought, "Yeah, <laughs> you're right." I mean, because there's a lot of alcoholics. So joking aside, that. They need it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's an essential yeah. service, but uh, maybe in this part of the world it is, for better or for worse. Right. I went right. to the liquor store, too, and they said business is booming. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for them. I know um, <laughs> I know in New York uh, there's uh, there's a pizza joint. Of course, when it comes to New York and pizza, there's a, there's a bit of pride there. But thank God, I you know I ordered a pizza from these guys and wings, and I was going to tip them big because I figured, oh yeah, these guys are you know they're probably hard up. So I walk in, ask him how he's doing, and we didn't have anything like you guys are talking about, like no, like there was no separation at all. And I was a little weirded out about that because of how stringent things have become in New York, at least uh, in the recent mm. day or two. And he was saying, oh, no, we're doing just fine. You know, we're breaking even. I was like, oh, super. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So I'm glad that, you know, some businesses are able to uh, keep going. But, you know, me being an idiot, it is pizza in New York and it is takeout. So I'm like, ah, he's probably fine. So, yeah, good pizza, too. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Stuff, oh, don't don't ever say anything about New York pizza, Dan, around Dave, because okay. there will be fisticuffs. Okay. That and well, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a quick story if I can about pizza. Yes, we're all we're all over the board here. So I, I'm Trenton, Nova Scotia, and it's in Pickle County, which is basically it's one big town, but they have their own municipal governments. And Trenton, New Glasgow, Stellarton, Pickle, Westville, but it's it's sort of known in a sense for Pickle County pizza. And a pair of sisters came from Montreal in the '60s. Greek uh, ladies, and they each started pizza uh, pizza places, I guess. And they're like two blocks apart from my old house, which I just sold at the first of the month. And it's kind of a, a brown sauce, you know, and not, like not really a tomatoey sauce. And it's mm. it's unique, and it's uh, that's what we hang our hat on. That and uh, I guess Colin White of the New Jersey Devils played here, and a couple of other things, but. <laughs> So there we're we very proud about our pizza. Uh, but I, when Sergio and I go to New York, we always, when we stay in New Jersey, there's a place right behind the hotel. You can go over and get a slice for $2, and it's nice and thin and pretty much perfect. Mm. So you can't go wrong with either pizza. Good. Good for them. It's pizza yeah. and cheesecake. That's what I go to war over. Uh, and okay. bagels. And bagels. And, oh, that's a bad one, too, because I've been. Yeah. I've had good friends I tell me off over just... bagels. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, it's funny. I just have to find the right one in Montreal. I haven't yet, unfortunately. 
Yeah, they they closed St. Peter Bagel, which uh, it used to be right up from where I lived. Uh, it was great. I used to go, and whenever my kids would come or, or wherever would come to visit me, I'd go and get a bag of them and show up back at the apartment. And uh, I was a pretty popular guy. Uh, they they <laughs> still have Naturally. different uh, outlets around the city, but it's they're really good, so you can't go wrong there. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to double check once the borders open. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> next, yeah. next oh. chance I get, I swear, I'm getting up there as ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just it's so like when you stop to think about it, you, like things that you take for granted, it's just stuff that you can't do. Mm-hmm. No, and true. like I, I yep. was actually weirded out yesterday at Safeway, like walking by people, like I was trying, like whoa, man, keep your distance. Like you can't just stand that- in the middle of the aisle because I can't get by you. Yeah, and that's isn't that pervasive? I mean, with with yeah. everybody, you you, I I was walking today down an aisle at Sobeys, uh, grocery one of the grocery stores here, and uh, there was a couple kind of standing in the middle of, of the aisle, and I wanted to get by, but I thought, okay, do I? Well, I can walk by. I'll be two feet from them and not two meters, but you know, it was just one of those yeah. things that's always always on your mind. So uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully I'll be healthy and I didn't pass anything on. I, I think I'm okay. I, I was actually in Florida um, two weeks ago. Yesterday is when we got back from that trip. So when I got back to Nova Scotia, my mother said, are you going to come and see me? And I said, well, I probably should wait for 14 days and uh, yeah. so that time's up. So, you know, you just try to kind of follow along and, and do your part. Although uh, it's kind of disturbing to see that a lot of people aren't at various beaches around the continent, so that's kind of a kind of annoying to see. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, um, last week we were talking go- about that uh, precisely with uh, Monsieur Lacroix, and he was saying okay. <laughs> the same thing. Uh, yeah, geez, people just aren't taking it seriously. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, we well, I'm to... glad. I'm glad you had him on. He's uh, isn't he the best? I mean, oh, my God. what? A, oh, he's such a gem. A quintessential <laughs> yeah. gentleman. Oh my lord, he is, yeah. and he he he's excellent. Oh my god, and he go he can you can you can oh my god spin yarn any which <laughs> way with him, and he'll just go and he'll have something about something to talk about. He he's amazing. Well, I'll tell you, I've had a lot of really nice things happen since I. Uh, took the job that I have now. But one of my favorite things is a couple of years in, Michelle would come up occasionally and, and ask me for the correct English pronunciation of maybe a European player or a, uh, a player's name that he wasn't 100% sure. So you're the thought, guy. Okay, uh, I've made it. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay now. Everything's yes. all right. Yeah, what, what a good feeling. That's awesome. Oh, my Lord. That's super cool. So. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we were talking about the beaches. Our um, mayor in Vancouver yesterday had to come right out and say, we're going to start finding people. Oh, because yeah. last week, it was sunny for a whole week straight here. And the seawall was packed. People jogging next to each other. Like, ah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So people, there's just, I mean, there's just this attitude in Vancouver that we have to be outside when the weather is nice. And right. even when it's rainy, but I mean, mm-hmm. I I just wonder when people are going to start taking this seriously. I don't think you can go overboard with precautions now. I'd rather look silly going overboard than yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's that, the... that's the truth. And I don't know if it's a, uh, maybe it's not fair to say it's uh, predominantly a young person thing. I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I, I mean, um, all ages, it, I think. It, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I know. Sometimes with uh, elderly people, and I, I know some examples of it. I mean, just just talking to mom today, or to my brother, he was speaking with her, and and she said, "Well, I'm going to go to town with uh, with a friend of mine. I need to get a couple of things." And my brother said, "You're not going, you're not going shopping. I mean, like it, it's it's around here. You can't go." And yeah. I almost think that sometimes elderly people are, you know, I don't want to say set in their ways. I don't mean it to sound negative, but maybe they just. Um, don't see it in the same light that we do, some of them. So, you know, I guess hopefully the message will eventually sink in. But I guess it's across all ages. And they, they actually, the premier here shut all the uh, provincial parks um, yesterday. So, uh, and yeah. the, like uh, there's a nice park in my town, not, I don't know, 200 meters from here. And you, you can't go in, which I find strange. But I also, I understand it because uh, 
you know, big groups are hanging out together. So it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and we've been, my company sent us all home last Good. Friday the 13th. So, <clears throat> so I've been working from home since then. Mm-hmm. But um, like my daughter, she works at Nando's. You know Nando's, Dan? Yeah, I do. The Portuguese chicken joint. So now yeah. they're, um, they're just doing takeout. So she is going to work. So it's kind of nice that like she's still making money, even though mm-hmm. business is really slow and it's probably not going to be open for much longer. But um, so potentially each time she comes home, she could be bringing it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so we're not visiting my mom at all, who's 74. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, being pretty isolated, but just making sure that she's got everything that she needs. But yeah, it's like... There's so many things to take into account. Certainly are. Yeah. Not to be too much of a downer. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's okay. It's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. And um, on, you know, over here too with New York and everything, I'm waiting for the, uh, you know, the big order to come down to shut down New York City. And that's going to be such a crazy, surreal thing. (laughs) I can't even imagine it. Can't even imagine it. um, No, I mean, I've, I've been there enough just with work to appreciate the hustle and bustle and to, you know, to, to see if that were to happen. I mean, it, it, it just, it doesn't compute. You, you've seen video from China when things were uh, in some of their big cities, when mm-hmm. things were shut down and it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, but there's, that's one thing. And, and I saw sort of an overhead view or a, a computer image with, uh, um, uh, with color, I suppose, indicating where a lot of the pollution usually is and it's it's cleared up over the last little while because of these things so right. maybe that's one maybe that's one good offshoot of this that uh, was mm. it the waters in, in venice that the yeah. venice i think uh that the yes. waters were a little bit cleaner and it isn't that isn't that telling about about what you know what we i'm no david suzuki but what we all do i guess uh, just yeah. through the course of our lives that uh that really affect these things it's pretty remarkable it is like i think they're even i think they're even saying that um if it wasn't in venice then it was in another coastal city where where uh where dolphins were swimming up to like the piers you know because there wasn't venice. any was it again oh yeah i think it was yeah. actually so yeah it's remarkable it's really it should it should make us yeah. all stop and think real hard about what what it's all about you know so i'm yeah. hoping i'm yeah. hoping yeah. that at least come comes out of it so and maybe it will to some degree right i mean it's mm-hmm. uh, it's an education that's for sure so we'll see what happens yeah without a doubt so well, let's see. Yeah. I wonder what the Habs are doing. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. No. <laughs> well, Carrie Price, Carrie and Angela Price are doing things. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it was announced today that uh, they made a donation to the Breakfast Club of Canada. Uh, I think it was a uh, 50 G's, which will go, of course, Good. a long way uh, to um, you know helping out uh, kiddos that are a part of that program. But you know, Carrie and Angela, my lord, they've been with the Breakfast Club of Canada for ever. Decades, five, five years now, or or, okay. or something, yeah, a decade, okay, maybe, <laughs> but yeah, no, so, but they always do, they always go above and beyond for those, um, for those guys in that organization. So that's really good to hear. Um, yeah, it is. Last week, oh yeah, actually, we can actually go on that little bit of a tangent since I have a, the other bit there, uh, the Habs organization uh, donating food to food banks in Montreal. We all saw the picture mm. and video of. Uh, Mark Bajavan himself pushing crates um, mm-hmm. single-handedly, of course, uh, into trucks. Just, just one hand. And, uh, That's all he needs. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> he's a big boy. So there's that. And um, and I think we already mentioned it too, but uh, the Habs organization putting together, I believe, like some sort of fund uh, to uh, get part-timers cash uh, that they were expected to the end of the season. And I know that the players, too, have their own separate thing going on as well. So as far as the Habs are concerned, they're – um, a few players and the organization themselves are trying to do their best uh, for everybody during the situation, which is great. It is, and and it's it's heartwarming to see um, athletes, or I suppose anybody in a position of, of financial privilege, step mm-hmm. forward and, and help where they can. And um, that's the thing too. A lot of them, not just Canadians, clearly uh, Montreal Canadians, that is, uh, do things sort of under the radar. Um, 
and yes. whether it be financially or, or personal visits or hospital visits and that sort of thing. So uh, I think that's, that's people show their, their true colors. I think when stuff like this is going on, when they, when they step up and, and help uh, any way they can. Without a doubt. Yeah. And Shea Weber with his PSA oh, that he recorded right. for the government of Quebec. <laughs> Imagine getting that call. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> So, yeah, there's just a, a lot of little things that they've been doing sort of in recognition of the times that we're in right now. Is Sidney Crosby in Nova Scotia, Dan? I don't know that. Um, let me think. Did I? When I was saying that, I saw some tweet about him, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I, can I tell you my, my quick uh, Sidney Crosby story? Of course. Of course, please. Okay. <laughs> so he... The, I'm trying to think of the year. He was, I want to say 13, so it would have been 2000. Okay, so it was February 2001. I remember it now. <laughs> and there was a, a tournament here in my hometown, basically, and it was a memorial tournament uh, from a team that I played on in 1984 that had a, a fatal um, van accident and a trip we were on, and a, a few of the boys died, and one of their mothers. And you know, it was—it's obviously mm. horrifying. Uh, and I, I did play-by-play for the for the final game, and Sid played in it, and he was two years younger than everyone, and he was top scorer and MVP. And they ended up—they ended up losing uh, in the final. They were down to like eight players because they had a brawl in the semifinal. Mm. And I thought I found the VHS the other day, and I thought. If I had this put on D on Blu-ray or remastered or something, oh, wow. and put it on eBay, could I make a couple of bucks? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, and then I thought, no, nah, that probably wouldn't be a good look. So yeah, when, when he was uh, when he was 15 and getting ready for the Quebec League draft, um, <laughs> I did an interview with him at St. Mary's University. I waited for him. He was working out with Andy O'Brien, who I think is still his trainer, and they were in the gym in Halifax. So I waited and waited. And uh, he came and he apologized. He's he's really nice, uh, as far as I know, which isn't really well. Uh, but uh, so we were standing outside, and he he put sort of an empty an empty bottle down between us. And I, I didn't really see him do it. I just saw this bottle. We were getting ready to, to talk. And we were up on a a landing, and I kicked the bottle off the landing because I didn't want the wind to blow it down when we were talking. And he says, he looks at me and he says, "That's my bottle." I said, "Oh." <laughs> Jeez, I said I was going to put it on eBay later, and, and he said. So he said uh, he laughed. He said, "You know, Jack Johnson, they were teammates at Shattuck, and Jack's a Penguin now." And he said, "You know, Jack Johnson got a hold of my underwear this past year, a pair of my underwear, and he he swore to me that he's going that he put it on eBay and that he was, he's already gotten a whole bunch of bids. I mean, even at that oh, point, man. Sid was famous." Oh, and then he said he had me hook, line, and sinker, and he finally said, no, I'm just messing with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I believe it, though. Oh, my well, God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, for sure. You know who'd be money. You know who'd be really interested in that VHS, I think, would be Mr. Stubbs. Dave Stubbs there. I'm sure he wouldn't mind yeah. getting some of that. All right, the NHL <laughs> yeah, in probably. general would think that'd be pretty good. I mean, once uh, once Sidney Crosby is uh, one of the living legends, even though he already is, I'm sure a montage yeah. would love to have some of that footage. Yeah, it's funny. It it was um, he didn't get a point in that game, and uh, it was oh my God. <laughs> again he was top scorer in MVP, and yeah. that's that's the thing. It was I mean you could see him make these little plays. I can remember one play and he's, he's 13. Somebody made a really heavy wow. pass to him and he kicked the puck up to a stick in one sort of just fluent motion. I thought, Holy mackerel. And, and <laughs> I can remember he was really, you know, just controlling the puck and controlling the game. He didn't score as I said, but it was, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said, I thought this guy's going to be a superstar or whatever, <laughs> but even back then you kind of, you kind of knew that something was coming. And mm. I guess my other one, um, he played in the Ramuski, obviously. And Michael Farber, who I've gotten to know, and I really like Michael and I respect yeah. him. I think he's a tremendous writer, Hockey Hall of Fame. And then it was the year that Michael was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And he was following Sid around to do a, a feature on him at Sports Illustrated. So I had bought a Ramuski, a blue jersey, I really liked it. Crosby 87, just at sport check at the mall here. 
and I thought, I hate to do this, but I'm going to ask him to autograph it because I would like to have it for my son. So I went down before the game, and I was, I guess it was in Cape Breton, the Screaming Eagles. I was speaking with their coach, and I had the jersey with me, and I walked down, and I saw Sid, and I said, look, I hate to do this. I'm, how old was I? I don't know, 33 or something. I'm a 33-year-old man, (laughs) but would you autograph this for my son? And he said, yeah. He said, I'll do it now. I said, well, just do it after the game. And he said, oh, okay, but whatever. So he said, come down after the game. So I walked down after the game, and he's sitting on the stairs with his father, and he's crying. And I found out later that his dad told him that one of his grandmothers died. Oh, my uh, God. Before oh. the, Yeah, so uh, here I was kind of strolling towards him with a jersey in my hand, and I, and I didn't. I just I saw him crying, and I just turned around and left. And it's funny because they were really beating up on him during the game with sticks and elbows and that sort mm. of thing, and I thought – Maybe he's cracking here a little bit, but uh, mm. when I found out what happened, it made sense. So there's three Sidney Crosby stories for you. I don't have any more. <laughs> wow. Incredible. <laughs> yes. My Lord, yeah. what a, Thank you. the trials and tribulations, man, oh, man. What a player. What a guy. Yeah. It, oh, inside and out, though, on and off the ice. Oh. No, he, he really is. And uh, to me, he's he's the he's the ultimate grinder. I mean, he's uh he deserves everything he gets because he just i mean he's worked so hard forever and uh you know we're pretty proud of him here whether that makes sense yes. or not that uh Absolutely. that he's a nova scotian and uh yeah it's it's you know we've produced a lot of good good players uh for a relatively small province and obviously he's at the head of the list without a doubt and he just seems to be i mean i the only time I'm not a Sidney Crosby fan is when he's playing the Habs, but he seems <laughs> to be just just a really genuinely good human. I think so. Period. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. I guess if he's there, you wouldn't know it because everybody's staying at, inside, but he's probably doing something good for somebody right as we speak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan... Uh, sort of bringing it back to the Habs, you mm-hmm. watched a lot of Jonathan Drouin when he was coming yep. up. And I've, I've heard you recently, you know, in the past few years, kind of like um, sort of your analysis of his play. There was a, an article that came out in The Athletic, I think it was today, about his, um, how he's kind of changed his style of play and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. this season he started out like really promising like night and day compared to the end of last season. And how do you see where, how, how his season went uh, up until the injury? And if that's uh, just, uh, you know, an off one off or what do you think? Well, I know that I was dead wrong about the preseason. We were all giving him a hard time because he was nowhere to be found. And I, I just thought, you know, after the way he finished last year where he was nowhere to be found, he should be, if not dominating games, he should be standing out in a good way. And he wasn't. And he was, he'd had enough of it. He'd heard enough of it. And he was really short with us as we were uh, leading into the regular season. I can't blame him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he taught me a lesson. He proved me wrong. He came out and he talked about watching a lot of video with Dominic Ducharme, who's an assistant with them, of course, was his head coach in Halifax. And he said, I want to be around the puck more. I want to be physical. I want to get myself into the game. And he did that. And I mean, he was, was it 15 points in 17 games before he got hurt in Washington? I think. And even, I mean, that was it. You, You noticed him every night and you thought, okay, this kid's turned a corner and, you know, still at a young age, I guess Joe is, what is he, 90, born in 93, is that 24? Right? Uh, 20. No, tw- yeah, be 25 and 25 really soon, I think. That's terrible. I or maybe just that. last month, something like that. Ooh. Yeah, something in March. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess the point is that he's still relatively young. But then when he came back, it was sort of like he was the way he was last year at the end when you couldn't find him anywhere. He was tentative. He was told that his wrist which still had sort of a, an egg-sized bump on it, uh, wasn't in any risk of being hurt any more so than any other player. But still, he he really, you couldn't notice him at all. He wasn't mm-hmm. around the puck, and then he, he hurt his ankle. So 
it, it's funny. We were on, I guess I stopped in for a Habs lunch on uh, TSN 690 not long ago before I came back. And, and uh, I still, I sided on his side. I, I think that he showed enough and Sean Gordon did too, actually from the, athletes. I heard that one. Enough, yeah. That um, to me, that you need to give him another opportunity. Now, Chris Nyland, who's a really good friend of mine, and I, I respect him, he said, no, he's had enough. He's soft. And, and yeah. I, I, don't, I I respect what he's saying there, too. I can see what he's saying because yeah. I guess when a player disappears that long that uh, you start to scratch your head. But it's like Sean said, too. You have to remember, this guy is by far and away their most skilled player. And, I mean, there's some skilled players there, and Domi comes to mind. But it's I, I hope it's a – you know, one off, or I hope it's an aberration. Again, it's back to the drawing board, I think, for him. Yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully, I mean, he's old enough and he's wise enough now to realize he was on the right path and that he can he can get back there when the season starts again. Because if you look back to last year, and I'm not blaming them not making the playoffs on him, but had he produced at a, at a normal rate, I think, well, the chances would have been a lot better. So, um if that's the thing they need him, right? I mean, it's not a team that has a real dominant offensive player, but he can be, and he's shown signs of it. And he certainly has the skills. So I really hope for his sake, because if he can light it up, he'll be a, I don't want to say a God in Montreal, but they will, they will love him and, and they really need him. And I think, I think he needs, he needs to be that guy. I, I think he still has it in him. And I hope to see it. I find that fans are really hard on this player and possibly because of, you know, how much promise he showed, you know, when he was younger and playing in the queue. But um, he he strikes me and Arpin Basu also was on a pregame show, maybe one of the, the maybe the penultimate game that the Habs played. And he was okay. saying that um, that he has a video guy who cuts video for him that he watches at home so that he can, wow. like, it just seems to me that he's such a student and the times that I have seen him, um, like for example, on quote unquote garbage day, like the, the last day when they go and clean out the, their lockers. Yeah. Um, when he speaks at length with the media, I like to I'm, just really listen to what they're saying, you know, as monotone as they can be, but he's, yeah. he seems so smart and he's not, um, he's not lazy the way people no. like to characterize him. And I think that maybe sometimes he's, I, I see him maybe in his body language being hard on himself, but not like yeah. giving up kind of thing. I don't know. I really <laughs> yeah. like this player. And, no, you're right about that. He is he is hard on himself, and um, it, it's it's been an interesting progression to watch him go from. I suppose when I first saw him, he was halfway through his uh, first year of junior eligibility. If I have that right, he came at Christmas. I think he elected to stay in Lake Then he went to Halifax, and I can remember talking with Halifax's GM Cam Russell, and I'm kind of a, a buddy of Cam's, and he said, you know, he's the kind of guy you'll they'll pick him up to drive him to school and he's standing there stick handling a tennis ball in the driveway before they come. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he loves it. He's a, he is a, a rink rat, but you're right, Veronica. He does beat himself up. And I, I hope that maybe maturation will kind of take that mm-hmm. and channel it in a different direction. I think it's with him. It's kind of, it's a, a situation where he needs to work smarter, not, not work harder. And I, I think yeah. that's, that's why I, I thought at the start of the season, we saw that and it, it kind of, um, I don't know. It kind of made you think that he's he's making progress. So I'm not going to give up on him yet. Mm-mm. Good. No. And uh, I got the uh, the final count. Looks like he'll be 25 in five days. Right. Right. Yeah, March 28th. God, we were in the right ballpark. Yeah. You know, when <laughs> I was a kid, I knew I knew everybody's birthday. Like when I was ten, I could have, I could have told you 70 percent of the NHLers' birthdays and <laughs> everything like that. I don't know if I just kind of. Uh, lost the lost the love of it somewhere along the line like I used to have. But uh, mm. God, I wish that kid was still alive. It was still in my. <laughs> I wish I still had that kid brain to work with. I'd be all set. <laughs> oh, God, don't we all? Maybe it's maybe it's too many too many beers. I guess. Maybe <laughs> no. Yeah. How just big joking. are those cans, Dan? <laughs> yeah. No. no. Just standard size. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. That's a okay. So yeah, that's the uh, the epic of the Rouen. And no, I'm I'm also with um everything that everyone's saying here is that I I have faith in him being able to to pick it up because up until the injury, he was firing all cylinders. He was a different player, and then yeah. I think it was it was like number one the injury. I think number two also like the uncertainty of the rest of the season kind of really started clouding things despite how hard that the players are of course going to work to uh to try to get into the the playoff hump you know when they were playing but there were there were too many things going on at once to get a cohesive system down and he couldn't flourish in that so i think that had something to do with it yeah and i i always wonder too um and i suppose Everything will fall into place if he plays at his best. But who who the best line mates are for him? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe that maybe his best centerman isn't in the organization right now. Maybe it's somebody who gets uh, traded for in the off season. But it, that's been a bit of a struggle too. I mean, he and, and Domi are close. And um, I mean, you remember when he first came to Montreal, they, they tried to make him a center and, and pair, pair him with Max Pacioretty. Doesn't that seem like ten years ago? Wow, now? right? But, yeah, uh, yeah, weird, eh? different world so hopefully that'll yeah hopefully that'll that'll work itself out and he'll find a find a spot and he can flourish you know who i had fun watching him play with was kotkaniemi that's right that's another that's right. name and too Oof. yeah yeah no it's there's a you know we talk about started off talking about a lot of things up in the air in the world but a lot yeah. of things up in the air with him isn't there and and mm-hmm. uh you just the, the spleen injury that's that's scary and you just hope he can reset mentally and be fine physically obviously but, mm-hmm. and be ready to get some of that uh little bit of that magic that he had back in his rookie season yeah yeah but again another person who i'm not all that worried about kaka niemi young he's 19 no. still oh my lord so he'll he'll figure it out and he has you know the organization will help him figure it out too and plus his father please that guy, what an what an what a expert he seems to be too. He knows his kid yep. and he knows the game. I mean, there it is. But um, there is flash there. Yep. Just he has to get it back. Yeah, I think my concern with him is uh, I really want to see him get stronger. I even as a rookie, he and that was at eighteen, but he would fan on the puck a lot and he he would fall too much for my my liking you know and you're mm-hmm. kind of looking thinking boy that's not uh that's not normal but i mean <laughs> then you'd see him make these brilliant passes and and he's got a heavy shot there's a lot of good there but it's it, you're right i mean when you say it i don't think we can say it enough that he's 19 and uh, i'm i was glad to see that he'd gone back to the american hockey league and was at a point per game and uh it seemed to sort of recapture uh the love of of hockey that uh, you can tell that's what he's all about i mean with that mm-hmm the big smile on his face, but yeah. this is critical. I mean, it's a critical couple of years coming up for him. And uh, the last thing they can afford is, is to, you know, a swing and a miss and a, and a number three overall draft pick. So it's, uh, you know, the, the light's going to keep shining on him. There's no getting away from that. Right. Yeah. It's funny with his skating too. Cause that's something I notice as well. I, me blithely thinking that, Oh, it's growing pains. He just gained like so many pounds. He doesn't know how to skate with that tonnage. At the moment, but yeah. I mean, yeah, some some games he kind of looked like Gumby out there, and I'm like, oh my lord, yeah, interesting. But again, you know, if there's any team uh, in the NHL that's gonna try to straighten him out, especially uh, Yoel Bouchard, oh my lord, I can only imagine the wonders he he pulls off uh, down in the Rocket are really nice. Not to completely switch yeah. gears, but they were yeah. looking strong getting into uh, the playoff spot there. Once they got rid yeah. of the bad attitudes. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I, I kind of mm-hmm. spoke with somebody who's really in the know about that, and he said to me a couple of times, you know, that's not why the trade was made. That was more of a uh, more of a contract situation. But either way, to see what they were doing <laughs> with a number of their key players with Montreal, with some of their key guys hurt, mm-hmm. um, that was a, developing into a really good story, and it's a. That's a great building. Uh, it's. I really want to see them do well and, and take off. I mean, Laval is. Uh, I think it's the second most populated city in the province. It's. Uh, it's quite a place on its own, and, and it's a, obviously a great setup for the Canadians because 
I mean, yeah. previously they would have to get kids to come up from St. John's or, I mean, Hamilton before that. But uh, it's it's just a really symbiotic relationship. And I was anxious to see about Joel Bouchard and, and how he would do. I know he's he's kind of a guy who um, he'll crack the whip, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at that level. And I, um, yeah. I think the main thing is that he's in, in step with, with what the Canadians want. So, uh, But, yeah, it's just another sort of a bad byproduct of what's going on in the world is that, uh, and obviously not a, a, an important one in the big scheme of things, but uh, I wanted to see if they could make the playoffs and make a run. I wanted to see Primo and, and mm. how he could, yeah. uh, at his young age, deal with that. So there's uh, there's a lot to look at in Laval this year. For sure, yeah. Um I think the only other thing I had on my mind, Habs-wise, to yet again shift another gear, if it isn't the offense, if it isn't Laval, it's the defense with the Habs. And I was mm. wondering, with um, with Romanov, the, the eventual coming of Romanov, um, mm-hmm. how exactly do you think it would affect the system? And also, where's Mete going to fit in all of this? Of course, Mete gets a season-ending injury, but before then, you kind of wonder where you're going to plug the guy. Is he a third pairing, second pairing, potentially first pairing if they need it? You know, I was wondering what your take would be with that. Uh, it's a good question about Mete because he came at an age where he probably shouldn't have, but because they were so thin on defense and he played well at camp, they couldn't really send him down. Uh, they didn't really have a viable option, so... Uh, the thing with Victor, he's an excellent skater, and he can carry the puck up ice, uh, but oftentimes he'll kind of, uh, he's not a threat to shoot, so he'll carry it in, and he'll go around the perimeter, and the play kind of dies, and he still has his struggles. I know that it's more of a smaller man's game than it used to be, but you know, they work on him a lot, a lot of course. Luke Richardson's their, uh, their defensive coach, and a lot with stick positioning and body positioning and that sort of thing, but I don't know that uh, if the Canadians are a contender, I don't know if he's in their top six, if that makes sense. And uh, I don't like to say that because I, I, I thought he was a good story right off the bat from, from when he came. But it's, it is something that certainly is up in the air. And I'm interested to see Romanoff. I mean, Barry Chavez, he speaks pretty highly of him. And yeah. it, it's telling, isn't it, the way he – the way he talks about him in, in glowing terms. I mean, we spoke, he spoke with Sergio and I in St. Louis last season during a game, and he said, you know, I think he'd be a top four defenseman on our team right now. And that really perked my ears. So yeah. I know he's no had good world kidding. juniors, and I've, yeah. And I'm, so I don't know what that means for him. There's always, a, I think, a transition phase um, for any kid coming to a new a new league, but let alone a new culture, a new country. And when they, uh, I was kind of saying when they had Kovalchuk, I said um, one of the reasons it might make sense to resign him yeah. is to have him here when Romanov comes. And then Mark said the same thing not long after that. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not always wrong, but um, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so hard. You can't look at KHL numbers or situations in the KHL and say, well, he has, X amount of points there. He's gonna. He's not gonna cut it over here. I don't know. You can't. You can't do that. But um, he does appear to me. I mean, at least just from the outside looking in, to be a a top four guy. And there's no reason uh, if Mark um, says that that it's that it's not true. But at the same time, I think they have to get a lot better back there, right? They need to. They've been looking for a, a high end defenseman on the left side forever and a day, and it just has to happen. They have to overspend, overpay uh, yeah. in a trade, whatever. You have to get somebody back there because, uh, you know, uh, Petrie and Weber, uh, they have a lot of miles left on them, but they could they could use some help. I mean, Ben Sherratt, I thought, um, was a, a very good pickup this year. So if you, you look at it in those terms, if Romanoff comes, and we think he is, Romanoff, Sherratt on the left, and then if they could get a, an upgrade on that left side, uh, that would really bolster that side. And then on the right, you have Weber and Petrie, and 
uh, maybe a young flurry developing into something. Uh, can Noah Juleson come back and be a, somebody that they can count on again? Uh, I'm not sure. I certainly hope so for his sake. But yeah, yeah, yeah for, yeah. for Mete, it's not. There's nothing guaranteed with with Mete. You mm-hmm. hope for the best that he can sort of wedge his way in there. But um, there there are some shortcomings in his game. I think. And then um, we also remember, too, we have Otto Leskinen down in Laval as well, and I thought he was really interesting uh, watching him. I think he was at the rookie tournament in um, in Ottawa over in uh, Belleville uh, last year, and I right. thought, and when he played uh, with the Habs, interesting player, just um, young, so, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel that he's one guy that can only get better, especially under uh, Joel Bouchard there. Yeah, I don't know enough about him. I mean, he was up with the Canadians for a handful of games, and I hadn't really seen him other than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it's not fair to, uh, for me to judge on what a player does or doesn't do in a, a short time span when they come to a new league and, and uh, try to jump in right away. So, mm-hmm. uh, But it is, it's to me, it's been a sort of a lingering problem is, is their depth on defense for a lot of years. And that doesn't help price any, right? I mean, um, we saw a lot of breakdowns this year and it wasn't just the defense, but uh, a lot of odd man rushes that, you know, price, there were times when he wasn't great, but there were times too when you just, I thought he was getting unfairly criticized uh, because, you know, they were scoring on two on ones and, yeah. and that kind exactly. of thing. So there's, there's work to be done for Mac. Yeah. I just wanted to make one remark about um, Romanov because I think it's pretty telling for uh, Bergevin to be speaking about him that way. And we all know, or at least he famously has the respect of his peers anyway, as far as eyes for talent, an eye for talent. And he's, you know, former defenseman himself. He seems to tend to be uh, overly protective of young defensemen and how, how how long it takes to develop and everything else. So for him to be saying stuff like that about Romanov that he could be top four right now, mm-hmm. that that's pretty exciting for me. And further, yeah, that's no, a good point. And further to that point too, like I don't remember the last time I've heard of a GM, you know, traveling over the puddle to talk to a player. Yeah, you know, like. I mean, granted, of course, I only yeah. I only look at yeah. the Habs a lot, but like I don't hear yeah. I don't hear you know the Bruins GM going to Lithuania to talk to anybody. So it's when I heard that, I was like, this kid, this kid has to be something. So we'll have to see. It's interesting the way I mean when he was drafted, I can remember they picked him, and uh, a lot of people in the know, just from what I can recall, were saying, well, that's kind of off the board. But obviously, they believed in him right away and. And as a group, they felt that there's something special there. And then he followed that up with a couple of really good world juniors. So yeah. it's intriguing, right? It's it's one of those things, I think, for me, um, when a guy comes up and you've heard some stuff about him, I, for me last year, it was paling because you knew that um, he, well, he had that crazy finish to the yeah. season in the game he played. Oh, um, yep. But also you thought, okay, who's he going to be long-term? Uh, what's, you know, can he make the team? But when they come from Russia, it's it's different again because uh, it's harder to kind of see those games or harder to get a read on players. And I'm, I I really want to see this kid, and, and not to put pressure on him, I don't expect yeah. him to be you know, a Norris Trophy candidate, but uh, can he fit in and can he be a positive uh, if and when he does come? I certainly hope so. Yeah. Me too. And he was – And everyone I've else. I've seen a couple of his interviews – <laughs> and everyone else, it I it it would seem to me that he doesn't speak a word of English. Perfect. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Poor kid. that that's another reason to bring back Ilya, who has been like all over the Instagram in this off season. His Ilya Kovalchuk. I have to interject. <laughs> his Instagram now. is so good. His he has this partner workout video with his wife, and he's having way too much fun in this video (laughs) you just see the guy and he's just uh what a he cracks me up i love him i really do i was really happy he had a good time in montreal it was a bright spot for sure i mean it was really a highlight of of the season and it was when they traded marco scandela he -hmm. was really disappointed i got in the elevator with him in detroit uh the day that happened uh and we were just heading down, uh, and I said, 
But uh, I said, Mark, I wasn't here very long. And he looked at me, he said, it sucks. And I thought, mm. okay, so here's a guy, he came here, you know, and believed in the team. And then he could see, I mean, when, when they moved to Scandella, that was an indicator yes. that they thought, okay, you know, we're not, we don't have, not to say that we can't make the playoffs, but we have to do the prudent thing here. And then I thought, yes. okay, well, Kovalchuk's next, right? Or, or somewhere along the line. So, but it was, I mean, he, he scored some big goals, and Oof. that's the, the the great thing about Canadians fans. And who did he, did he score in overtime against the Leafs? Was, yes, yeah. Yeah. overtime yeah. With, and, with the off I mean, a, off a shot on. from Suzuki. That, was, Lord. Yes. that feeling in that building was just awesome. I thought, you know, this is so much fun, and you could tell he was loving it too, right? So yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty remarkable, and and kind of a one of the highlights of the season for me. Were you saying that you were on the elevator with Ilya, or was it Scandella himself? No, it was Kovalchuk. Oh, yeah. right. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That's too bad. And here's another one for you. Um, yeah. He, he's a fitness freak. I mean, oh, yeah. anybody knows me knows that I'm the opposite. But if <laughs> we would get to the uh, go to the hotel and usually try to go to the gym or whatever, and he would be the one player that you'd always see in there. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he'd be in there by himself and then really working hard, knowing that, you know, he's getting a little bit older and has to work harder. But it was really really neat and, and telling to see him working out. And he's a big guy. I forgot how big he is. He's on six, two, six, three, yeah. something like that. And he's built like an so, ox yeah. too. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, you know, this is one of the, the preeminent goal scorers of his generation, really. And you wonder, had he not gone back to Russia, I guess you could do some simple math and averaging and, and kind of put a number down to where his goals might be. But he's a, He's a, always was a legitimate high-end goal scorer, and, and there's still some of that left in him. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they sign him. I'm not sure if that would make sense. I guess it would all have to, if I saw what term and and, yeah. and amount they were looking at. But uh, if the price were right, you know, I, I think if, if Romanov's coming, they have to have a Russian here. I really believe yeah. that. And uh, so do I. of yeah, all the hopefully. Russians to have... For a kid. Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. He seems to be a really good energy to be around, too. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could, it was really neat to go in the room and talk to guys. And they, it wasn't just lip service, but uh, Domi and I remember Wheel and, you know, a couple of other guys saying, you know, he's a legend like this. When he came, it really lit them up, and and because I mean those guys are that much younger than him, and you know some of them ten years younger, some twelve years younger. That they literally grew up and they saw him doing some pretty special things. So then when a guy like that comes into your room, they're they're in awe of him, like like fans are, you know. So that yeah. was a kind of a, a telling, and it was genuine too. These these guys weren't just sort of giving us quotes; it mm. was, they really meant it. So I thought that was pretty fun, without a doubt. Yeah. Let's That'd see. be a lot of fun to have him back. It would. I'm yeah. hoping for it. What do you guys think? Well, give me a percentage. What do you think? I I don't know if you know this about me, Dan, but I am something <laughs> of an optimist. Oh, that's good. No, I do, I do know that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I I think he's 100% back, especially now 100%. if they're not going to... 100%. It especially is, uh, okay. now because if, on, now they're not going to... He's back. <laughs> <laughs> if he's if they're not going to play the Stanley Cup right and, and the way he talked about also the way that he spoke about Bergevin and the organization and everything on his way out I don't know signs point to yes for me and well that was the thing too they yep. said they could have Mark could have gotten a better deal for him right and yeah. he kind of let that slip but he wanted him to go somewhere he wanted so maybe yeah. you know maybe that'll help I don't know I really wonder now, though, because the playoffs are definitely in question, if not ugh, suspended. We gotta, you know, we'll, we'll we'll come to that when we get to it. But that's the big wrench in the Kovalchuk situation. Is that would he want to stay another year with the Capitals? But then the Capitals have to pay him. Can they pay Kovalchuk right. money to keep him? And there's a whole like the Capitals world is a whole other world when it comes to managing players and the cap over there. So I don't know. It's yeah, really they already couldn't afford him. I think he was playing for beans. Yeah, honestly, beans just <laughs> like when I say yeah, well, beans, he's got like, his money. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, he's got. Yeah, cash. he has money. <laughs> that, but that's the thing too, right? At that age, 
I mean, does he look and say, think Montreal is a, a Stanley Cup contender next year? I don't think so. And that's so, uh, that's what yeah, I'm thinking with that, him, That, too. to me, would be it. Yeah. You never know. You never know. It was funny because he said, uh, you could tell he's a true Russian. He said, uh, my kids are in Florida, but they want to come, and they're hoping that it's snowing. So I thought, yeah, yeah. you're a, you're a, <laughs> you're a true. And that great video from one of the outdoor oh, my yeah. when he was dangling around the kids and uh he wasn't really letting up on them i thought that was just funny. he was yes. just unpantsing them what a yeah what a dad thing to do exactly wow and well, they didn't seem to mind so no. they're used to it no. yeah <laughs> so let's see here well we're actually coming up on the end of our time come think of it wow um geez that went fast yeah it did well dan are you done so your much. beer dan yeah, are you done with your beer? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm a guzzler. I don't. Add a boy. Yeah, I'm a Nova Scotian. I don't mess around. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's always a great treat uh, for us to have somebody yes. um, that's been in in and around the organization. Also, that is a consummate professional like you are. It is an absolute joy to listen to you on the radio. It's always really cool to hear you uh, on TV as well. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I wanted to thank you uh, for what you do. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for the kind words. Anytime you guys need me, I'll uh, come on and I'll. Next time, I won't even have a beer. I'll stay sober. Whoa. Have two. No, you can have as many as you want, Dan. Anytime you want to come back, that would be great. I love those words. You can have as many as you want. <laughs> Easy. Perfect. We're no problem. All right. Well, Dan, thank you again. And uh, we'll we'll be in touch. And, uh, hey, stay safe. Stay healthy. Yeah. And, um, you know, enjoy what you can. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, thank you. Dan. Have a good okay. night. Bye. You too. Bye. What a lovely man. Yeah, that that was Dan Robertson. What a lovely man. Yeah. My word. Lucky to have him. Such great stories. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about Sidney Crosby until he mentioned him. (laughs) When he talked about Nova Scotia, I already had it in my mind. I had to ask Sidney Crosby. But then, of course. Of course you did. I forgot about temporarily about the social distancing. So everybody's in their houses. Yeah. Um, the only Hab stuff that we missed, I think, was um, Cole Caulfield's going to be remaining in Wisconsin. Good boy. Um, good boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get, get some education and yeah. um, or whatever he wants to do. <laughs> and no, but just light it up into UC, um, UCAA. So yeah. that's all good. And then um, the only other thing, I think, is um, Alex Belzeal has a contract for next year. For that's one right. year, one year, two-way, league minimum. He'll probably be, uh, you know, one of the veterans with the Rocket. And I say, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Why not? He seems like a decent decent guy. Yeah. Um, and then also, I believe it was Philippe Dano who um, issued kind of a push-ups challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. On Instagram. And I was looking at uh, Charles Loudon yeah. was, was doing it. And Victor Mette. <laughs> Yeah, he was. <laughs> I guess. Kinda. Mate. What a what a cheater. He's hilarious. He is. He is really funny. If you guys I'm sure everybody's following them all, but if you aren't, yeah. just check it out. He's um, a really good follow. Oh my god, the uh the um the montage of all the um of all the athletes in Montreal, I thought was yes. super cool. That was and awesome. uh featuring uh Tatar and um Tatar! I think Gallagher was in on that too. Some of the lady hockey players as well. Of course, I don't know their names. That's my bad. I am a bad spectator. And a ton yeah. of the impact players. And some of uh, the Alouettes as well. Um, of course, I can't name any of them. But it was all very cool. So even in trying times, we have the gift of the internet to keep us yeah. together. Uh, yeah. We are isolated physically. But not spiritually. We all are in this together. And with that being said, too, I actually wanted to talk about Beth for just a moment. Only because um, if any, if everyone can send her some good thoughts, uh, she is away because of a death of her, in her family. And she wanted to take the night. And of course, of course, she yeah. can do that. So if anybody can just give her, yeah, some good thoughts, some well-meaningness, uh, that yeah. would be muchly appreciated. And yeah. um I think that's it. That's all I got in my mind. Yeah. Just hold Beth in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
thanks for your support. And even with this physical distancing, it's not really social distancing. It's physical distancing. Yeah, yeah. We got to – people have to we get – We can stay connected. Got to get the right tag on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I see a ton of my friends, they just get like either a huge Skype, Discord, or uh, some other means to just yeah. all be chatting together, you know? So yeah. it's like we're all – in this together we're all a text message away and it's easy enough to just say hey i miss you and hey we can talk yeah. anytime that's exactly. it that's it kind of like that's how it. we're doing with every one of our listeners yeah wow we're so... still we're still rocking here yeah i mean we we were set up for this beforehand we do this on <laughs> skype all the time this isn't any yeah, different true. for us <laughs> but yeah what a world what a world. What, what a, a world. wonderful world. What Everybody wonderful stay world. safe. Yes, please. Wash keep, your hands. Keep, wash your hands. Uh, keep clean surfaces. Yep. And um, be good to your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is all sound advice from Veronica. Mm-hmm. And thanks for listening and supporting us. And thanks for listening and supporting us. And say hi to Dan. Because we're going to be here every week. Yeah, we're going to be here every week. And say hi to Dan because he's so great. He's so great. Just one of the best in the business. Yeah. Easily. And we're going to have him back whenever we want. Yeah. Apparently. He said apparently. so. Apparently. Yep. And he's even, he's not even going to drink beers next time. No. But he can if he wants. I didn't even notice. <laughs> no, me neither. What a. He's like, I'm a guzzler. I'm like, wow, you're quiet. No kidding. <laughs> he's the next guy we got to meet up with sometime. Yes. Next time. So, I guess with that being said, are we done for Yeah, we're done. Bye.